How are y'all? It's good to see y'all. Um, before we do anything, I want to open us in a word of prayer. Appy, do you want to open us in a word of prayer? You want to open us in a word of prayer? All righty. Um, today, I'm going to speak about my number one favorite thing to speak about, which is not religious hypocrites. It's love. Now, the last time I was up here, I spoke about five reasons why Christians love. So, that's what I'm going to speak. I'm going to speak. Uh, Y'all see where I'm going. Anyways, um, first and foremost, we're going to go to James 1.22. Uh, a lot of y'all probably know this scripture. It's just a big one that, you know, we, we just wide out, as Nick said one day. Is everyone there? All right, it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Y'all can be seated. Um, I just want to point that out. Uh, be, be, be doers. Don't just, don't just hear this and walk out of this church. Because it ain't going to do you no good. Might as well just sleep in. All right, now we're going to get to the message. Love. Five reasons why Christians love. If you turn to me to 1 John 4, 7. This is a recap of uh, last time I spoke. Uh, God has really laid this on my heart, and I'll show you why. Because um, love is just, you got to have it. I mean, you just got to. So, verse 7 reads, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love, he, does, he, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Number one rule. We love because God is the essence of love. We, he's the most important ingredient of love. The reasons why we love should be for God. Okay, move on to verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Uh, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation of our sins. No, it's not propitiation. Propitiation of our sins. Beloved, <laughs> if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Um, how do you say that word, Vita? Propitiation. Uh, I know what it means. <laughs> this is what it means. It means it was a trade. God came down and he, it's kind of like, have you ever seen them booby traps? Where, you know, if you, if you lift it up, it's all like Indiana Jones stuff. You lift it up and something's going to fall on you like a big rock or something. And they like switch the bag under it. I think it has the same weight. That's what this is like. God took our spot. He, he, he was a substitute of our sin by dying on that cross. That's what that means. So the second reason is to follow God's example because we are Christians. I mean, because we are supposed to be Christ-like. To follow God's example of of. Just follow God's example, pretty much. Third reason why we love, verse 12. No one, not one person, has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. 
Number, uh, number, number three reason. No one has seen God, and they see it through us. I thought about this one day. I was sitting in my truck, and Moses got to see the hind end of God. And he had to cover his face because his smile was so big. I mean, you know, and it got me thinking, well, you know, when people look at us, why, aren't they, why don't they have to cover their face since we're showing God? Why don't they have to cover their face because they're smiling so big we're showing God's love? We are supposed to be showing God, not God's hind end, all of God. That, that's all our duty. But when somebody saw God's hind end, I mean, they just had the biggest smile on their face. Now, I don't know anybody that's ever had to cover up their face because I showed them so much God. I don't know one person that's done that. All right, down to uh, 13 through 16. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed that the, God, the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God, God in him. He who abides in love abides in God. Fourth reason why. We love because it's our assurance that we're Christians. If you go back to uh, 1 John 3, 14, it says, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love thy brethren. We know that we're a Christian because we love thy brethren. So our, the reason why we love is to know that we are Christians. Because you can't show God if you don't love. Now, uh, the fifth reason. I love this reason right here. Love has been perfected among us in this day. This is verse 17. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. How many of us, knowing you know that we have, we've messed up a lot. We've messed up a lot. We will be counted for everything we have done, every word that we have said. How many of us want to go into judgment happy and proud because you show love for God? So that is the fifth reason why we show love. It's because it will give us boldness in judgment. Okay. Now, pretty sure a lot of people probably didn't think about this because they're like, oh, love, love, love. What I'm going to speak about today is what is love? What is the fruits of love? What does love look like? So before we go to that, go to James 2.8 really fast. Pretty please. It says this, if you really fulfill the, the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. Anybody know what royal, uh, actually, the other word for royal is sovereign. Anybody know what sovereign is? There's two meanings to sovereign. One, king. He's a king. This is the king law. This is the big bad boy of the, the commandments and it's not in the commandments but it, it ties it all together it ties all the commandments together because let me ask you a question if you love your spouse will you commit adultery against them if you love your neighbor as yourself will you steal from them all this binds up that one and that's the other meaning of it sovereign law the supreme or binding of the law it binds the law so this one scripture, right, this one commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, combines 
all the commandments together because if you love your neighbor as yourself, you won't, I mean, it, it's a very, it's very hard to commit all them, all, all, it's very hard to do all that, to do everything, get your neighbor murder, steal, lie. If you, I mean, it says love them as yourself. How many of y'all want to be lied to? How many of y'all want something to get stolen from you? How many of y'all want to get murdered? I don't I mean, so love your neighbor as yourself. Now, the thing is, what is love? What does it look like? Because a lot of us think love is what we have for our boyfriends or girlfriends. So, or our spouses. I'm, not, I'm just doing this because I needed to know what love was, and I think everybody else does too, because without love, you can't be a Christian. So we're going to 1 Corinthians 14, or is it 13, 4. Alrighty. Verse 4 reads this. Is it by there? Love suffers long. And this kind, love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And the first part of Verse 8 says, love never fails. All right, so we're going to start from the top of this. Love suffer, suffers long. Love is patient. Uh, that pointed out to me. That we are the light of the world. How we're supposed to shine as light is through love. That one song, oh, patient Savior. That is the first thing that's on here. Love suffers long. In other words, love is patient. The first thing patient he's a patient savior you know how patient God has to be with us so let me ask you so I'm really going to point out Ronnie on this one Ronnie have you had a problem with anybody that just wouldn't listen to you when you tell them what to do what, what's the godly thing to do just somebody won't listen to you and you, you know the person that you didn't want to go on youth trips with you because they just wouldn't listen to you. Have you ever had that? Uh, <laughs> now, I'm telling you, I have it too now. I got I to gotta bear the burden too now since Ronnie had to bear it with me. Um, the big thing I want to point out here is patience. Do not give up on that person. Because this is, my, this is my look at it. God didn't put us on this earth to save people. He put us on this earth to show people who can save him. So that's what that's saying to me mostly. Be patient. They're going to come around. I did. took three years. But I did. I came around. <laughs> All righty. We're going to move on to kind. Um, you know, it's sort of self-explanatory, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you about uh, one thing that God did that I don't think a lot of us would have the kindness and love to do. So turn with me to Luke 22, 50. This is what it says. And one of the servants, and this is when God was getting portrayed. This is when the 
But this is when they came to get God and crucify him and whip him where you could see every bone in his body. One of the servants, one of, one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Peter pulled out his sword and cut off one of the, serv- the, one of the guy's ears that was going to get, was going after Jesus. Now you go on to verse 51. Jesus answered and said, permit even this. He touched his ear and healed it. I don't know how many of y'all, but if I was getting ready to get crucified, because he knew it was coming. And since, since some, one of the servants got his ears cut off, I'd be like, get him, Peter. Yeah, get him. <laughs> That's what I would do. I would die. I, I, you know, he went up and he touched that guy's ear and healed it. That is kindness. That is true kindness. Sorry. Somebody once told me to eat the microphone. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying. Um, so, in other words, next time you have somebody come up to you, just think WWJD. What would Jesus do? All right. Now, we got done with the kindness of, you know, being kind to somebody. Pick up somebody's books in the hallways if they drop them or something. But let's go to a little of your mouth and your tongue. Because I know I, know I got a problem with it sometimes. I got a problem with being real nice with my tongue. I, I can be a mean guy. All right, Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary for the edification, that it may be impart grace to the hearers. Well, this is saying, I don't care if you say a cuss word or not, because, you know, I'm not big on that. I have people cussing around me all day. What this is saying is even if you call somebody stupid, it's a sin. If you insult somebody, if you say, oh, your shoes are just, they're muddy and ugly, that is a sin. What it, edification is the buildup of the body. What we should be talking about on a daily basis is about God and about how God can help somebody. And show his love through the kindness of our mouth. Because it says in James, if your mouth is perfect, you are. If you got a perfect mouth, you ain't got nothing wrong with you. That's what it says in James. So, move on to verse 31. And it says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Put it all away and go to the next verse and just be kind to one another. Put all of it away. I think they should have put it just. It says, and be kind to one another. But I feel like what it's telling us is saying, just put it all away and just be kind to one another. Be tenderhearted and forgiving one another. The biggest kindness you can give is forgiveness. Because it says in Matthew, it just popped in my head, if you don't forgive your brethren, God won't forgive you. So be tenderhearted. Have compassion with each other. Kind is a big thing in love. And it goes to so many extents. Uh, it could be a whole lesson for two weeks. Kind is one of the biggest things in love. All this, and, the, and one thing I really want to point out is all the stuff that, that's in here. Uh, suffers long, all this. If you have one of them, that's not enough. They all got to be together. All right, so go back to 1 Corinthians. Uh, 13 
13, 4. Um, so we're going to move on to love does not envy. You know, I like this scripture because, man, I think a lot of us had a problem with this through our life. Does not envy. I had a hard problem with this. Uh, Kevin Wells had to help me out with this one. I just didn't know what it meant. I thought it meant uh, hate people. <laughs> I guess that's not what it means. What it means is love does not want all the glory. Love does not want to be the center of attention. It just doesn't. That's what envy is. Don't try to be the center of attention. I used to love it. I think that's one of the reasons why Ronnie had to be patient with me. I like being the center of attention. I used to. So, and these next three are all in selfish. This, this is all just telling you not to be selfish, these next three. But I'm going to break them down for you. So, don't be the one that gets the glory. Next, do not parade yourself. There's only one thing you should boast about, brag about. That's about God. Because I didn't want to say this because it sounds pretty harsh, but Kevin told me to. You didn't do anything. God did. God did everything. He did everything. I, I mean, we help, but I'm going to tell you what. I didn't look at a little, I didn't, I didn't uh, make, a, make the earth. I didn't make this church. I didn't make this lesson. God did. He uses us to do it, but you got to remember that God is the one that used us. So, don't try to be, and don't try to be the better one in, in anything. I, I, I'm telling you, oh, well, you know, I, I, I scored three touchdowns last night. Well, I scored, I scored six. No, I scored nine. Well, you know, I'm, I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm in an uh, auction. 25, 30, 65, 90. That's what I feel like sometimes because everybody wants to be better than one another. I don't know. One of the biggest things it says is to be humble in the Bible. I don't see where being better than somebody is being humble because if you think about it, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Uh, I don't think he was trying to be better than them. Now, move on to is not puffed up. Don't be holier than thou. I, I, I've, I've, I've struggled with it a couple times. Man, you do all this stuff. Do you know what I do? I don't do that stuff. How does that show God? I'm going to tell you what. When you tell somebody, well, I do this, and I do this, when you're trying to correct them, they're going to be like, I, I don't, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that, because they feel like you're thinking they're bad. I have talked to so many people that fell out of church because they got judged, because everybody thought they were holier than thou, when it turns out to be that they turned out to be religious hypocrites that were judging them. So don't judge and don't be holier than thou. Do not be puffed up. Ecclesiastes 11, not 11, 9. 12, 14 says you will be brought into judgment for every good and bad thing. What that's saying is you can do a lot of good things in your life. You can love. 
But if you do it for yourself, in order to be in the spotlight and not for God, you might as well just sin and not love. God has to be the essence of the love. Now, we're going to go to um, behave rudely. This is pretty self-explanatory. Kids, don't talk to your parents like they're under you. Um, Don't give evil looks and dirty faces when somebody does something wrong. Like, let's say Ronnie said a cuss word or something, and I'm just like, are you joking me? I don't know. It doesn't show love when you do that. So don't behave rudely. It's self-explanatory. Seek its own. Mm. Do not seek its own. Whew. Go to uh, Philippians 2, 4. Going the wrong way. This is what it says. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. It says only in there for a reason. The thing about it is we're not only supposed to look out for ours. So we are supposed to look out for ours. So don't get me wrong on that. I don't want you to go broke because you give so much stuff away and because you only focus on that one person. What it's saying is a lot of us get caught up in looking out for our own interest. You know, oh, say, um, uh, Kevin Wells, he, need, he needs a new phone. But I really want a car. And I go buy myself a car when a phone is maybe $100. That's what it means by don't seek its own, don't look out for your only interest. And when it goes down to verse 5, it says, let this, be mine. let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What it's saying is you've got to be in the like mind as Jesus. And the like mind is Jesus. If you want to strive to be Christ-like, don't seek after your own stuff. Don't seek for your own, your own. Man, I want a car. Kevin can go without a phone. That ain't a big deal. He can drive where he wants to. I want a car. So. Don't seek your own. Um, just don't be selfish. There's no love in selfishness. And I struggle with that so bad. I, I actually made, I had a big problem because all I wanted, all I wanted from my dad was stuff. That's all I wanted. Not, not, my, not my big heavenly father. My dad on earth. All I wanted from him was stuff. And it got in such a bad way. I tell Kelsey this all the time, that he thinks he has to buy my love because of how I treated him and how I, how I was so selfish. If he didn't buy me something I wanted, he wouldn't hear from me for a couple weeks. If he had to say no to me, no, that don't work for me, Daddy. Mm-mm. And, it, and, you know, I've changed now, and I don't know if he still feels this way, but sometimes... He does, I think he does because he feels like he, he gets so sad when he can't get me something because I made him do that. He thinks he has to buy my love now. And that is because of me being selfish. 
and there is no love in selfishness. Now we're going to go on to the next one. Back to 1 Corinthians 13. Now, well. First Corinthians 13 says this. Um, no, 13 verse. It's in the middle of verse 5. It says, it's not provoked. I did not know what this meant. I didn't know what this meant at all. I had to go to Kevin and ask him for this one. So we came up with James 1.19. And what provoke means is um, anger. Blast out in anger. I tell you what, I struggle with that one. You know, you push the wrong button, you ain't never going to push it again. That, that's how, that, and, and I still struggle with that. And what it says in that is, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Have self-control. Practice self-control. You have to have self-control in love because if somebody comes up to you with a problem, somebody comes up with you with a problem, and I've had this happen before, somebody came up to me and was like, just said something. And I was like, really? You're really going to say that? Are you joking me? You go to church. You're really going to say that? And I thought about it, and I was like, wow, I did not take that right. There's no way I took that right. It got me so frustrated to hear a godly man say that. So, provoke, practice self-control. Don't, don't, don't get angry at something, in other words, just silly. There ain't no point in it. And let me tell you something. Don't blame that person for making you angry. Because the truth is, is you're the one that made yourself angry. Okay, does not rejoice in iniquity. What I put right there is finds no pleasure in someone else's sin. What that's saying is um, just don't find pleasure in someone else's sin. If you see, if you see the Christians over there in the corner and then the, the people, you know, smoking weed over there in that corner, don't go over to that corner. That's pretty much what it's saying. Don't rejoice in somebody else's sin. Don't do it. Now, go on, but rejoice in something true. Truth. That's the word of God. You should always be jumping up and down when you're reading the word of God. So, that's what that says. And then it goes to, bears, bears all things. Romans 15.1. Can you pull that up for me, please, Tim? Romans 15.1 says, We then who are strong ought to bear this... Scruples, 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 scruples of the of the week, and not please ourselves. I did this big thing about being yoked one Wednesday night. What I did is I got two people up here. I got a. Uh, they were supposed to be different, but they're actually the same size. I didn't really mean to do that. But um, what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to get out, and we are actually supposed to. Let's put it this way: if a mule like fell down when they when it's plowing a field. Are they gonna go buy the ugliest and oldest mule there is? Or are they gonna pick a big strong one to help the other one get up? The big strong one. Alright, thank you, Ronnie. Um I'm about to make y'all get up and do jumping jacks or something. I'm sorry. Uh what it's saying is we as strong Christians are supposed to get 
We're supposed to get yoked up with these people, the, 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 our Christians that are weak, and we're supposed to help them carry their load. And, and it's just so, it's our duty to do that. God put us on this earth to show them we can love them. And, that, and a good way to do that is help them carry their load. So you got to have that in love. Last part, love protects, believes, hopes, and endures all things what other people reject. Um, and then we're going to go to verse 8. Verse 8, this is my favorite, and my favorite, and my favorite, and my favorite. Love never fails. Um, if you've got a problem with one of your friends, to be honest, if you're not showing love, it's just as much as your fault as it is anybody else's. If you are showing love and they're still going at it, that goes back into patience. Keep showing love. Don't stop. Don't give up. Alrighty. That's it. Um, so, love. We got to love people, y'all. We, we, there's five reasons why we got to do it, and there's probably a lot more than that. And love is so important in a Christian's walk. That's just what it has to be. So, um, we're going to open up invitation.